All right, well, let's turn the Word of God to uh, continue our study. We started in uh, Ezra. Ezra, so let's go to Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. I think last time we looked at verses 1 through 9, and, but uh, we want to look at some other verses here, beginning there, Ezra chapter 3. And uh, I'll read the whole chapter, verses 1 through 13 of Ezra chapter 3. It says this in the Word of God. And when the seventh month, Ezra chapter 3, verse 1, and when the seventh month was come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. I mentioned, uh, we looked at that, loved that statement, together as one man, unity among the people of God. Then stood up Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shetil, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon his basis, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the custom, as the duty of every day required. And afterward offered the continual burnt offering, both of the new moons and of all that set feast of the Lord that were consecrated, and of every one that willingly offered a freewill offering unto the Lord. For the, from the first day of the seventh month, began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Verse 7, they gave money also unto the masons and to the, uh, I thought about that right there, just a side note. I said, if I was uh, your son-in-law, I, that would be my life verse. I would have that on my prayer card. Amen. They gave money unto the masons, right? Say right there's Bible proof. Amen. So just a side note to help a missionary out. Amen. They gave money to the Masons. So I would be claiming that verse if I was him. All right, verse 7. And to the carpenters, and meat, and drink, and oil unto the men of Zidon, and to them of Tyre, to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to, to the Sea of Joppa, according to the grant that they had of the Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, verse 8. Now, in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Shetil, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and the remnant, there it is, the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Kedmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Henadad with their sons and their brethren Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by the course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good. Amen. For his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout, Amen, when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. And many shouted aloud for joy. 
so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Man, I like that good service. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, again, we uh, uh, pray for those in need. We think of Donna this morning. Lord, we think of uh, the Muxlow's uh, son and daughter-in-law as they'll be traveling and have that appointment. Dear God, please uh, be with them and uh, guide there. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Judy and Priscilla and uh, uh, that are uh, traveling. Lord, we think of the Thomases as they'll be traveling this week, and John and Lydia as they'll be uh, traveling. Others, dear God, uh, watch over them. And uh, dear God, we just come before you this morning. We confess, Lord, we need thee. We're dependent upon thee. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, as it was just sung, Lord, that you would be the desire of our heart and that today, afresh and new, we'd give all of ourselves to thee. You gave 100% for us, uh, dear God, and that should also be the desire of our heart. Lord, you know the burdens that people are carrying. Lord, you know the wisdom they need in making decisions. Lord, I think of our graduates as they reach this age and stage of life. Give them guidance and decisions concerning school and, uh, uh, Lord, careers and uh, uh, your will for their life. Help them, we pray. Lord, we pray if there's somebody here today or somebody listening that's not yet saved, that, Lord, today would be the day, uh, dear God, that in your grace and mercy, the Word of God and the Spirit of God would have its work in their heart, and they'd put their trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, uh, as we sang earlier, Lord, illumine us, dear God. Uh, open our eyes and give us understanding through your word that in everything Jesus Christ would have the preeminence and get the glory, and you would build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so uh, as uh, we've uh, started uh, uh, looking at the, uh, the thoughts here in Ezra, as just, a, again, a little review, the Lord had stirred up uh, King Cyrus of Persia. Again, that was prophesied. He uh, had uh, probably saw, showed him his name in the Word of God. And, of course, the people of God had been in captivity for 70 years. And, of course, uh, Jeremiah had prophesied uh, that they'd be released after 70 years. And so the king gave a proclamation. He said, hey, whosoever will, amen, uh, that wants to return. And uh, thank God for a king, amen, that gives a whosoever will uh, invitation. They could return to Jerusalem and could help rebuild uh, the temple and the city. And so uh, we looked at and saw how God does things because he wants to uh, make sure we have and he wants to build and give us biblical faith, biblical faith. And so our biblical faith must be restored and so we see that as he, we see him fulfill his promises in our life as they saw him do. And then, of course, rebuilding the temple so that there could be biblical worship. And uh, we saw that uh, some of the ways that God does that is what? Sometimes he'll have to come by and disturb our present. Amen. Disturb our present. I like that thought. Again, God, that God wants to disturb our present in this day and age. In 2022, God wants to disturb our present. He wants to disturb the present of the church, if you will, the present state of the nation and do some things. And we see that God always has a purpose and plan for his people. And of course, we, as we saw here, the remnant, the remnant, and God always has his remnant. And again, as we've mentioned, the remnant is what isn't the remnant. It's not just leftovers like we think about sometimes when we think of remnant. The remnant is not God's leftovers, but it's God's special group, his small group. And again, uh, thinking military-wise, all right, that's why I always think special forces. Special forces are always what? Smaller groups. They're more well-trained, amen. They're more dedicated, right? And they want to be on the edge of the fight. Well, that's where I want to be, the edge of the fight. 
right? Uh, the other day I was talking to somebody, they said, what was your MOS uh, in the military? I said, is there another one? I said, infantry, amen? And I said, hey, I volunteered to be a frontline soldier for my country. I want to be a frontline soldier uh, for the Lord. And uh, that's so if you didn't have the privilege of being in the infantry, uh, you can't be in the Lord's army. And everybody uh, can be in the infantry in the Lord's, in the Lord's army. All right. So uh, uh, we want that's what he has his remnant and God blesses and uses his remnant. So God wants his work to move forward. Right. And he seeks those that want to be part of that. Just like uh, he mentioned here in, in verse eight to set forward the work. And then in verse nine, it says to set forward the workmen. Amen. Uh, there's a work to do and we need some uh, uh, workmen to help carry that through. So uh, God wants to move his work forward and he seeks those that want to work to move it forward. And of course, that requires unity, as we saw, unity among God's people to move it forward. I like that verse again, verse one, they gathered as one man. And that's how we always want to gather together, right? Doesn't matter how many people we have, we want to have a heart with the same desire. Amen. We want to have one vision, amen, one heart and one desire to do the will of God. So now we come to where the foundation is laid. So let's look again at uh, uh, beginning uh, in verse, uh, let's begin in verse 10. It says, and when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by the course in praising and giving thanks to the Lord because he is good. I like that statement. Amen. Hey, can I just say this morning that God, he is good. Good, amen, for his mercy endureth forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout. I like that, amen. It's all right, amen. Uh, give a good hearty amen or hallelujah, amen, uh, once in a while, however you want to do it. And that's uh, what they did when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But notice verse 12, but many of the priests and Levites and the chief of the fathers who were ancient men, Right. I don't know what age you have to get to be, you know, uh, be considered uh, ancient. All I know is I'm not there yet. Amen. That's all I can say about that. Right. That had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. Of course, they, you know, they remember. Oh, remember, remember, remember how it used to be. Right. Remember how it used to be. Right. And many shouted aloud for joy. So that I like, this is a great verse, verse 13, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. I like that, right? As, as, uh, as believers, right? We should be able to see afar off, right? It says Abraham saw the place afar off and we should have biblical faith. Biblical faith will help you to, help you to see afar off, amen? Uh, what God wants to do. And then uh, uh, we should be heard afar off. Amen. Let people know that, hey, we're alive and we're excited about the things of God. We should be heard afar off. And then we should always be willing to what? Go afar off. Amen. Uh, to get the gospel out around the world. Just a thought there. So they, of course, we saw here they laid the foundation. But what did they start with? They had started with the altar and now the foundation. They laid the foundation again. And so we see in these verses that God is answering the prayers of his people and he's fulfilling his promises to them. Just like he said in Jeremiah, turn over to Jeremiah uh, 33. We see some good verses in Jeremiah 33. I get, I'm sure most people could quote uh, verse 3 of, Isaac, of Jeremiah 33. 
I know Sister McLean can, and I'm sure many of you others can. Jeremiah 30, we won't put her on the spot there. But looking at some verses in Jeremiah 33, 3, verse 3, of course, is a verse about prayer. And it says this, call unto me and I will answer thee. I like it when he says I will. Right. Everybody knows he's able, but faith not only says he's able, faith says he will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Boy, that's God's desire. You know what? God still, in 2022, God still wants to give us that verse. God still wants us to call unto him. God still wants to show us great and mighty things. God still wants to hear and answer our prayer. But notice, uh, drop down to verse 7, and it says this. This is what uh, he told them in verse 7. I will cause the captivity of Judah, here it is, and the captivity of Israel to return. And notice this statement, and will build them as at the first. He said, can I, can I, can I uh, just stop here for a minute and say this? Listen, God is interested in you. Amen. God is interested in you. You want to know what God's thinking about today? I know you might be sitting next to your spouse and you're going, I wonder what they're thinking. Well, hey, you may not be able to figure out what they're thinking, but I'll tell you what, you can know what God's thinking. That amazing thing. You can know what God is thinking about you. God is interested in you. And notice that statement. It says, build them. Build them. Listen, we're talking about building things, right? They built the altar, and uh, here they're building the temple, and then, of course, they're going to build the wall. But right here it says, hey, they're going to build them. That's not just talking about the physical things. You see, uh, God, God's true focus Hey, he might use us to build things, but God's focus is not building things. Hey, I'm glad that God allowed the people uh, years ago to build this building. I'm thankful for the people that he used to build this building. But listen, even when they were building this building, God's focus was on building them. And God's focus today is on building you, amen, uh, to be the person that you can be, that you can be and desires you to be, through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. So let's uh, moving on, verse 8. And he says this, I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. All sin is against God. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Listen, friend, if you've sinned, you say, well, uh, did you ever sin? Yeah, I did this against that person. Well, you just didn't do it against that person. You did it against the holy God. All sins that you've committed, doesn't matter if it involved another person or not, all sins you committed were against a holy and righteous God. And that's who you need. Well, I went to that person and asked their forgiveness. Hey, that was a nice thing to do. That's a great thing to do. But you need to come to the holy God and ask his forgiveness, amen, and get his forgiveness for your sins and trust Jesus Christ. It says uh, there, I will pardon and have transgressed against me. Verse 9, and it shall be a name of joy. What a wonderful thing. You see, that's what the, the place, amen, that was known for sin, the place that was known of doing things against God. Hey, when God gets in that thing and turns it around, he can turn it into a place of joy. You see, our heart is deceitful of all things and desperately good. It's a place of sin. It's a place that does things against God. That's what our heart is. But when Jesus gets in your heart, he'll turn it into a place of joy. He'll turn it into a place of praise. He'll turn it into a place that honors him, just like he promises to do for them here. It says, it shall be a name of joy, 
a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth. And that's what the church should be. Amen. Before this world out there, as it's, as it's uh, out there at all its uh, iniquity and sin, hey, they should know that this is a haven. This is a place when you come to the house of God and you're with the people of God and you're excited about God and you're serving God. Amen. They should know that this should be a place of joy. This is a place where we praise God. This is a place where we honor God. And the church should be a place of honor in the nation, which shall what here all the good that I do unto them. Amen. That's what we want people to hear. Hey, that's what God wants you to tell as you go out uh, throughout the week. You know what God wants you to tell? All the good that he's done to do. Hey, pardon me. Have I told you? Hey, fellow co-worker, have I ever told you? We got a few minutes. Have I ever told you all the good that Jesus did unto me? Have I ever told you how he transformed my life? Amen. Have I ever told you how he's met my needs and, and given me joy and given me peace and given me wisdom and given me guidance through my life? Can I tell you all the good things that he's done for me? Boy, that'd be a good thing to do. It says, and they shall fear and tremble. Look at this. For all the goodness. I said, man, look at those people. Look at everything. Look what's going on with those people over there. They shall fear for all the prosperity that I procure unto thee. Verse 10, thus saith the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place. I like that statement, in this place. And you know what? God wants these things in this place that we're sitting today, if you will. Which ye, shall, which ye say shall be desolate without man, without beast, even in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without man, without inhabitant, without beast. Now that's what it was like when they sinned against God. He had to, he had to punish them as a father, like we learned in Sunday school. He had to punish them as a father. But in verse 11, it says this, again, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of land as at the first, saith the Lord. Boy, what he's talking about right there, that's what we're seeing. Hey, they prayed and God is showing them great and mighty things as they come and trust God. And God is fulfilling his word through his remnant. And so in verse 12, you have those ancient men that had seen it at the first. Hey, there's nothing wrong with reflecting on the past. Hey, be thankful for the past. I'm thankful for the history of this local church. I'm thankful for the things that I've heard in the past of this local church and the stand that it's had through the years. I'm thankful for the past, right? But don't let the memory of the past overshadow what God is doing in the present. Amen. Oh, wow. Did you see that temple? Oh, boy, I remember that big old temple. And oh, man, this foundation, boy, that's small compared to the last one. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. God did what he did when he built that temple. That's the way he chose to build it. And right. So he did what he chose to do at that time in that temple. Right. Just like he chose to do what he chose to do through this church at that time. And now but he's still working and he's still doing. Hey, listen, be thankful for the past, but don't let it overshadow the present. Listen, I'm glad that they remember the past. But if they if they let that overshadow what God was doing right in front of them, they were going to miss some big things. Amen. Of what God was doing right there in their midst. And besides, it's not the structure that makes it glorious. Amen. It's his presence 
that makes something glorious. You see, this would be the temple that Jesus would uh, be in one day. I like these verses in, in Haggai, Haggai chapter 2. Let me give you a couple uh, uh, verses where it talks about the temple. It says, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Hey, you ancient men, where you at? Hey, you ancient people, where you at? Where, where are those that saw this house in its first glory? And how do you see it now? Look at that. Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Well, you can hear somebody saying that, right? Somebody who's, who's, who's not focused on what God is doing right in front of them. Boy, it's easy to be critical. I tell you, people with a critical spirit uh, drive me uh, 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 crazy. Don't want to get sidetracked. I'm not. Listen, God doing something right in front of them, and they're saying, oh, man, what are you all excited about? What are you all excited about? Huh? And is, is this this is this is is this is nothing? Do you remember the old temple? Well, hey, I like I like how God shuts them up in verse nine of Haggai two. He says this: the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. Why? Saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Because you see, his glory, amen, is going to outshine whatever there was good about that other temple. So now that God is blessing us, so here we see they came, they came together as one man and they came together in the right spirit and they began with the altar and now they've laid the foundation. And so God is uh, moving among his people. God is moving in his people. God is moving through his people. And what happens? We're going to see what happens here in chapter four. Now that God is blessing his people and the work is moving forward, Listen, people are taking notice. The enemies take notice, and we see what happens, right, in chapter 4. So we, verse chapter 3, we see the people of God coming together. We see that things begin to move forward in the work of God. Uh, things are being reestablished. God is fulfilling his promises. The people of God are excited once again about the things of God. And as soon as that happens, amen, uh, people start to take notice. And we see the result of that. Notice chapter 4 and verse 1. We'll just look at a few verses here. It says, now this, notice, and when the, what? adversaries of Judah and Benjamin, right? Benjamin, you have some adversaries, just let you know that, right? Heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple under the Lord God of Israel, right? Notice that statement, verse one. Now, when the adversaries heard that the children of the captivity builded, you see, when God is doing things among his people, the adversaries will hear about it. First Corinthians 16, nine. That was true then, that's true in Paul's day. It says this in 1 Corinthians 69, for a great door and effectual is open. And he said, hey, God's opened the door of our opportunity. God wants to do some things through us. God's given us, amen, a, 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 a vision, right? And God has given us something to accomplish in his name. And it says what? And there are many adversaries. Boy, that was true when he wrote it. Hey, we see it was true when they were trying to do, rebuild the temple. You see, it was true in Paul's day in 2022. It's still, listen, God has given us a great door. God has given us a great opportunity in our generation. And there are many adversaries. But And so look what happens in verse 2. Look what happens in verse 2. They show up and look what they say. Then they came to Zerubbabel. And to the chief of the fathers and said to them, hey, let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do. Boy, these are nice people. 
so nice. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esar Hadon, king of Assur, which brought us up hither. Boy, look at this nice group that shows up. And notice what they say. Let us build with you. They said, man, we have, listen, we, listen, we have some good ideas. We'd like to work with you. We have some great ideas that will help you bring some people in. Hey, if you'll just let us work with you, we have a, some great ideas how you can fill these pews back up. We have some great ideas, amen, that'll bring people in. Boy, you, you see that when people get their eyes on uh, uh, getting people over getting Jesus, Boy, I, 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 was at, I was at a meeting recently, and boy, I could tell what the focus of the speakers were. Their focus was on people. Not that we don't want people, not that we, you, you know what I'm saying, but it's got to go through Jesus, amen? It's got to go through uh, uh, the Word of God. And I could tell by what they were saying, I could tell by a lot of things, amen, that, their focus, that they had gotten their focus more on people uh, than on Jesus. And let us build with you. We have some great ideas that will help you bring more people in. Look at this. Hey, we do sacrifice. Look, we do sacrifice unto him, right? Uh, look, we believe just like you do. We believe just like you do. We have a lot in common. And that's what, boy, you hear people saying that today. Hey, can we work with you? Hey, uh, we believe just like you do. Listen, that's why it's so important to know the Word of God. That's why it's so important. That's why doctrine matters in 2022. That's why what you believe and what you stand on matters because that'll give you the discernment when people come up and say that. Right. When people say, hey, we want to work with you. Hey, I ha I've had a, I've had a rule my uh, whole ministry, especially when I was on the mission field. I'll help anybody. I'll help anybody. Hey, listen, if I've got extra food, if I've got extra clothes, hey, I, I don't care what you believe if you're just coming to get food. I don't care what you believe if you're just coming to get clothes. Right. But then these same people say, oh, hey, Jeff, we want to work with you. And I'd have to say not. <laughs> Not that's where I that's where I I, I I draw the line. Right. Listen, we have some. Hey, Jeff, we have some good ideas. Well, hey, you have good ideas. I'm going to stick with the good book <laughs> and the author of the good book. Hey, we believe just like you. Well, I'm, I don't know. I know what I believe and I know why I believe it. Doesn't sound like you believe the same thing, even though it may be close. But you notice I notice as a lot of parachurch organizations, if you will, you know, when they started off, they had a long list of what you had to believe for them to work with you. But as they turned, went from a ministry into a machine and you got to keep the machine oiled, that list got shorter and shorter. And basically it's just, you know, now it's about down to, hey, you believe there's a God? Well, amen, let's partner up and get something done for him, right? That's not that simple. But thank God. So here you see what happened. So just think about that thought, and you see that happening in church today. Hey, can we build with you? We've got some good ideas, man. We know how to package this thing. We'll get you a good logo, and we'll show you how to dress, and we'll show you how to do this and that, amen, and we'll help you get some more people in this place. And hey, we believe uh, just like you, Jesus is good, amen. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is, but you're not. All right, don't want to get sidetracked there. We do sacrifice, but thank God... Amen. They had some some uh, uh, ancient men there, if you will. Right. Uh, that knew what they believed and knew why they believed it. And uh, listen, they had good biblical leadership, if you will. Look at verse three. I like what they say. 
Verse 3, But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said to them, look at this, Ye have nothing to do with us. I like that. Ye have nothing to do with us. What a good statement. Ye have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. But we ourselves will build on the Lord our God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Boy, uh, we need to take that same stand in 2022. Hey, listen. Hey, hey uh, Lord bless you. Have a nice day. But you have nothing to do with us building the house of God. Amen. We have what we need to build the house of God. You have nothing. to. I love it. And I'm sure that offended them. But let me say this. We shouldn't be offensive, right? Again, the I say all the time, I don't like an attitude. We shouldn't be offensive, but at the same time, if taking a biblical stand offends, it should not stop us from making the right decision. Just because a biblical stand, right? We have to take a biblical stand against something, though we don't want to be offensive. If that biblical stand offends, that shouldn't stop us from backing. We shouldn't back down and we shouldn't be afraid to make that decision as a church, as believers. Because even Jesus, even sweet Jesus, who loved everybody, right? Right. Jesus loves everybody. Right. John 6, 61, he said this when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured. Right. He said, does this offend you? Sorry, boys, did I, did I offend you? I like this verse, Matthew 15, 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this? Like, hey, do you realize you just offended those boys? And, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Jesus lost any sleep over that. And we don't need to sleep as long as we're, again, not being offensive, but taking a stand, right? Sticking with the word of God, right? Let that not bother. So we see what happened. When God began to move, the, 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 the uh, enemy showed up, and they didn't show up looking like the enemy. They tried to show how close they were to them, right? Oh, hey, we're here to help you. We've got some good ideas to bring some people in. Hey, we, we, we believe just like you do. But thank God they had biblical leadership that was willing to take a stand and say, nope, you have no part with us. Amen. We're going to do this thing. We're, because see, you can only do the right thing the right way. <laughs> say, I want to do the right thing. So man, I, I hear a lot of people saying they want to do the right thing, but I don't see them wanting to do it the right way. You can only do the right thing the right way. We want to do the right thing and we want to do it the right way. That's what they were saying. And that's what we want to say. And so, but notice what happens. So it says, listen, if they can't join us, they will seek to weaken us. Look at verse four. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. Notice verse five. And hired counselors against them to what? To frustrate their purpose. Notice those statements. Verse four, right? Weaken the hands, frustrate their purpose. And that's what people want to do to us. The heathen around them did everything they could to hinder God's work. Listen, if they can get us to compromise or they can get us sidetracked to get our eyes off Jesus. Again, I'm amazed. Hey, uh, I, I have a lot of friends. They haven't got out there in the world. They're still in church. But yet, even within their church, they've gotten sidetracked. And they've got their eyes on other things besides the Lord Jesus Christ. I see people turning from our way of teaching and preaching. And amazingly, it's amazing. Wow, all of a sudden they have this new revelation, right? They, 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 wow, they, they learned that our way wasn't the right way or, 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 or whatever it was. But I always notice for some reason, those people get weaker instead of stronger. 
they seem to get further from the things of God than closer. Listen, if, some, if I saw somebody that, hey, uh, came in and I'd never, just never seen it, seen it all that wise, I'd want to say, hey, man, I want to know what you're thinking, what you're teaching, where you're getting that from. But all of a sudden I run into them and they seem to be weaker, not stronger. I hear people saying a lot of things, but they're saying a lot of things about things and people and not Jesus, about ideas and ways and this and not Jesus. Luke twenty two thirty two. 32, Jesus said unto Peter, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, what? Strengthen thy brother. Strengthen. People that really care about you, that they want to strengthen you. If they really want to help you, they want to strengthen you. If they really believe like you, they'll give you things that will strengthen you. So that show that Isaiah 35, 3, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. People that are for you will want to strengthen you not weaken you. So don't tell me uh, uh, this other teaching or this other place that you've decided to go, hey man, uh, it, 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 it is really for you when you turn out end up being weaker through it instead of stronger. Uh, better hurry, let's go to the next one. Biblical faith, biblical faith. That's what God wanted to restore. Biblical faith, biblical worship. Because see, biblical faith guides biblical decisions right? They had gotten their biblical faith back, and so they made a biblical decision, right? They said, nope, you have no part in us. They had discernment. They stood for what was right. And so they had biblical faith, and that gave them biblical uh, uh, discernment, and they were able to make a biblical decision. And biblical decisions, you know what that does? That brings biblical victories in our lives. Biblical, that's the way it all comes. That God wants to bring biblical victories in your life. But for you to have biblical victories in your life, you've got to make biblical decisions. But for you to be able to stand strong and make biblical decisions, you've got to have biblical faith, amen, and a biblical relationship with your Lord. Listen, when they could not stop them themselves, they got the political leaders to go against them, right? That's what they did. They end up writing the kings and writing letters against them, which we're going to see, just like we see today. What are they doing? Hey, our enemies out there can't get us, so what are they doing? They're going to the leaders of the nation, right, and getting them to write letters against us. That's what's happening out in the world today. But notice verse 6, what it says. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they, look at this, unto him, writing to the king, what? An accusation against the inhabitants of Judah, and Jerusalem. Notice that statement, an accusation. They wrote, they, what were they doing? They were accusing them of some things. They were accusing them of some things. Revelation 12, 10 says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You see, that's what happens. They, they try to team up with us and they try to weaken us, but that doesn't work. What do they do? They go to the leaders and they make accusations against them. Hey, those people are a bunch of haters. They got this phobia and that phobia. Listen, you might want to thank the Lord that I haven't been interviewed sometime because, you know, I'm pretty easy. But if I get, listen, I may not say things, but if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer, you know? Because when they start throwing this phobia out and that phobia out, I'd be like, what does that mean? I don't want to hear it. But I said, you know, it looks like you made up some words. Can I make up some words? How about truth phobia? How about holiness phobia? Right? You made up words, so can I make some up? Why are you scared of the truth that Jesus Christ is the only way? Why does that scare you? Why, well, listen, Bible phobia. Why are you scared of this book? Why? Listen, 
uh, uh, Bible believer phobia. Why are you scared about people that love God, love the word, and love you? Why are you scared about people that don't want you to die in your sin and go to hell? Why are you scared of people like Why do you have a phobia against people that care about your soul? That'd be some good questions uh, uh, to answer, not to get uh, uh, sidetracked. So what do they do? They make accusations before us. And that's what they, they did, trying to weaken us. And then it goes on. And so they write a letter to the king. And the king writes back. For sake of time, look at verse 22, what it says. Look what the king says in his letter. It says, take heed now that you fail not to do this. He gave him instruction. Why should damage grow to the hurt of the king's? Why would you allow these people to do something that's going to hurt our nation? Why would you allow people to do something that would hurt our nation? That's how they got leaders thinking today. Why would you let these, these, these uh, Bible believers do things that would hurt our nation? But let me tell you something. Again, the devil's lie hasn't changed. The devil's lies have not changed. That, 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 listen, and here's his lie, that the progression of God's work that the progression of God's work, and that's what was going on there, the progression of God's work, the people of God showed up, they showed up in unity, they rebuilt the altar, now they laid the foundation, so the word of God is moving forward, right? And so the devil's lie is that the moving forward of God's work is against or contrary to the nation or the kings or leaders of the world. That's a lie. Listen, the, nothing is more beneficial to the world Nothing is more beneficial to our nation. Nothing is more beneficial to the leaders of our nation than the moving forward and progression of God's work. <laughs> the best thing that could happen, amen, uh, for our leader, the best thing that could happen for our nation is for the word of God, for, for the work of God to have a revival in our day and age and the work of God, amen, to just explode on the scene, amen, as it hasn't in years and right, uh, do a mighty work in this nation, in our generation, in our day. That's the best thing that could happen. So nothing's more beneficial to the world. Nothing's more beneficial to a nation. Nothing's more beneficial to a leader, again, than the moving forward and progression of God's work. God's word, and because God's word does what? It teaches us to honor and pray for the king. That's what it teaches us. Hey, listen, the book that you're so mad at, uh, Mr. President, is the one that told us to pray for you. Amen. And care about your soul. <laughs> What's wrong with that? You see, a nation's greatest asset, a nation's greatest asset. Hey, thank God for our economic might. Thank God for our military might. But the greatest asset of any nation is born again, Bible believing, praying Christians. Let me say that again. The greatest asset of any nation is born again, Bible believing Praying Christians. You, people like you, are this nation's greatest asset. More than its economic assets, more than its military assets, amen. It is, it is people like you, amen, that have made America. And what is it? more than our military might has kept us strong, though we thank God for it, amen. It's been the praying, uh, the God's praying people that have kept this nation strong. So as you follow the work of God's remnant, Amen. Again, this is what you find. Again, what did they do? 
They rebuilt the altar. Why? Because the first thing we got to have, we got to make sure we have biblical faith. The altar is where we meet God. The altar is where, hey man, we get what we need from God. So they rebuilt the altar to restore the biblical faith. And now they're rebuilding the temple, right? So they can get back to biblical worship like we see there, right? Get back to biblical worship. And then what's the next thing they build? As we'll see in Nehemiah, they build the wall, right? And we think of that as an example of biblical separation. That is what? What do we need in 2022 as a church? We need biblical faith, we need biblical worship, and we need biblical separation. That still works in 2022, amen? And that's still the right, amen, that's still the right ingredients for us being the people that God wants us to be. God, help us to have a strong altar. Make sure we know where we come to meet with God. Lord, help us to have biblical worship and, and, and sing songs and do things that honor you. And dear God, help us to have biblical separation in our lives. These are still God's desires for his people. So pray. So uh, let me finish up here. So pray for faith. Let us pray for faith, for biblical faith, to keep going for God in the face of opposition. Let me give you these verses as we finish up. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. Amen. Let us not be weary for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children. Amen. Think about that. Ye are of God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that ye are of God and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 5, 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith, our biblical faith. So we at CHBC, amen, we have a lot of work to do. God wants to, amen, build this church. We're not there yet, but he wants to. But I believe the foundation has been laid for us to move forward. Like here in Ezra, we can reflect on the past. That's great. But we will still move forward. And let us, may God help us to be alert that our enemies, right, they'll try to come in and build with us. They'll try to weaken our hand and they'll try to frustrate our purpose and break our unity. Amen. So let us purpose in our heart. Sorry, you have nothing to do us. We're not going to work with you. We're gonna, it's God that'll strengthen our hand. Amen. You're not going to stop us from moving forward. Amen. And we're going to be the unified people that God wants us to be. As our enemies constantly try to find ways to try and hinder us and stop us. I finish with this. We must hold to our biblical faith and resting in the faithfulness Resting in the faithfulness of the one who gave us the book, amen, from which we draw our biblical faith, knowing often that is the only source, amen, that keeps us going. So they're going to try, amen, but you know, we're just going to, we're going to get together and we're going to say, hey, listen, look what God did, and we're going to shout about it, amen, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep moving forward in the work of God and trust in Him, amen. The foundation's been laid, amen. So let's keep moving forward for God. Let's pray.